What's up, Badger fans? It's another Big Ten win for uh, the Big Ten's last remaining undefeated basketball team. Let's go. You are Locked On Badgers, your daily podcast on the Wisconsin Badgers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, Badger fans? Today's episode brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you make a $5 bet. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Uh, Wisconsin goes into Columbus, beats a solid Ohio State team. And uh, that just means we got to. This is awesome. It's awesome. It's a good day for me. Come on in here, buddy. Get up on that line. I need a cease and desist letter from somebody. Just jump up on that call line. Um, all right. So. Wisconsin wins 71-60 in a game that was a little closer than that, certainly. Wisconsin pulls away a little bit at the end with a couple free throws. The, the store dunk that that caused some consternation on the Ohio State Buckeye sideline. Uh, I want to start here. I don't care about that. And I don't care. I've never been the type of guy who cares, Justin, about that one way or the other. Like, if, if you don't want someone to, to dunk on you, this, listen, this is, D, this is D1 basketball. Like it, it's it is what it is. Uh, I just don't have a big issue with it. That's guards. That was guards' uh, moment, like like the old Badger team when they had the alley oop with a lot of Tucker. I remember. Yep, yep. I, I just doesn't bother Unfortunately, me. Unfortunately, it's a, the Ohio State coaches. Holt, Holtman's a lot less a worse of a coach. <laughs> That's true. I mean, here's the thing: there, there's a line between showboating and but less if they're going to play defense all the way to the whistle if they're going to try to get steals all the way to the whistle then you play it both ways that that's how i always look at it if you yeah. wave the white flag we'll wave the white flag if you keep pressing if you and this is something Juwan howard if you remember that famous dust up with him and gray guard he kept pressing and trapping then he got ticked because we kept playing like it this same situation is is here um it doesn't bother me but let's get into the game What's your biggest takeaway? So I, I always like these shows because we're coming right off the game. We haven't had a lot of time to think about it. What's your biggest takeaway from this Badgers win? This is the first time since Arizona I've seen them kind of struggle in a game. And for a period there in the second half, they really did struggle offensively. They were really uncomfortable. Ohio State was flying around. Now, I don't think Ohio State's a particularly good defensive team, but they were really physical and they were very aggressive for a period of time there in the second half. And we really struggled with the pressure. Um, we adjusted to it for about the last seven or eight minutes when we started to calm down a little bit and start making better passes and moving the ball better against it. And I think Ohio State just got tired because you can't defend that way for an entire game. Like you're eventually going to wear down or you're going to start to make mistakes and guys are going to beat you. And we had a couple of cuts on them. That's exactly what happened. Klesman was the beneficiary of a couple of them. Jason Gilden says Max Klesman for president. Um my big takeaway is you got to you got to be able to win some games ugly. I think I think there is a ton of positive to come out of this because you're not going to win every game 85 to 70 or 85 mm -hmm. to 72. You got to if you're going to make a run, there's going to be a couple games where and you you sent it in a text in our group text, Justin. You're like, this is a rock fight. You use some other words in there that I can't stay on a PG 13 <laughs> show, but you're like, this is a rock fight. And good news is the Badgers can win a rock fight because that's what they did today. And by the way, they won a rock fight on the road in the Big Ten. Yeah, by double like, digits. That's a really good sign, Badger fans, because you're going to have more games where you look a little disjointed, you look a little off. Can you win the ugly game where you had a seven-minute scoring drop? They did tonight. That's yeah. a good sign. 
there was about three minutes left, and I was questioning whether we were going to be able to win this. And it was uh, three or four minutes. It was when we were up like three. And I'm like, I don't know if we can hold on to this because if the crowd, if they hit a big shot, the crowd's going to get into this and we're going to be in trouble. And uh, it never happened, thankfully. Um, they went cold too. Yes. I thought we defended pretty well tonight. Um, we struggled with their athletes a little bit. Like there were some spots. Crowell, oddly enough, tonight, I didn't think he was great defensively, but he had a couple of big blocks. And he actually dropped in coverage pretty well and picked up. He just didn't necessarily always affect shots as much as you would have liked. And that's never really his game anyway, no, right? It, like it's vertical, not. Vertical, vertical. That's what you're hoping for winter next year after he puts on 15 pounds of muscle. That's not his his game. Uh, Mike M says, I made the show first time. What's up, Mike? That that could be a Mike M I know, which would be really cool. I don't want to put the last name out there because I'm not sure if it is. But if it is, welcome friend. And if it's not, welcome new friend. Um, <laughs> like I'm all about friends on this channel. But that could be a Mike I've been to games with. So I'm, I'm certainly excited about that if it is. If not, like I said, welcome new friend. Also named Mike M. Yeah, I, I think, you know, parts of this thing, I, I always take notes during games so I can just kind of regurgitate on the, the therapy show. Crowell certainly wasn't himself. That, that was the first thing I said. You you pointed that out as well. But even not being himself, like I, I, I have a lot of respect for a guy who will go out there in a bum knee and play 28 minutes. Yeah, he still gave you something, right? And 28 minutes isn't easy in the Big Ten playing the pivot when you're playing on a bum knee. So that yeah, we, I thought that was impactful. We, we got seven points out of Winter who – the big takeaway I have on him is when he gets the ball in the post, he just – he doesn't seem to have an idea quite yet. And I think that's just because he's not strong enough to really feel like he can play off the guy that he's, he's just trying to actually gain any type of ground and stability. And he's not, he's really struggling with that. Realistically, I'd almost, I'd almost like him to face on a guy. Cause it's like, you're much better on the, off the dribble than most of the bigs that are going to be defending you who are probably more comfortable playing on your back because you're not strong enough to really affect them. So I'd almost rather he drag him out if he's going to be in the post, but I don't know. I, I I thought that he played really well. Like he, we know he's limited at this point. Like he's a he's a mm -hmm. work in progress overall. But you got seven points out of a guy who has struggled to even score coming into this, and I think that that was really big for his confidence, especially in a game against a team like Ohio State that's actually a quality Big Ten team. He proved that he could do some positive things out on the floor. He's looking a little bit less hesitant with the three-point shot, which is important for him because if that, honestly, to me, is the bigger thing with him. If he can just start to hit a few of those, it's going to change his trajectory. He'll be able to take people off the dribble from the perimeter. Yeah, I had a note on him, too, and I agree. Like there, there, He probably he is, at this moment, better facing up than posting up. Um, I think that's a, a good point. It, he needs to look at the rim. Like, so Steph Curry has a famous quote. He said, the best pump fake is just looking at the rim. Because you look at the rim and the defense thinks you're going to shoot. Mm -hmm. our, our winter, will, on the ball rotation, they, they run a lot of the this pick and roll continuity where they're swinging the ball side to side, pick and roll on each side. And a lot of times Winter's the guy on the top of the pivot swinging that ball. He gets the ball, nobody's on him, and he just immediately catches it and swings it. Mm -hmm. Just catch and look at the rim, dude. Like, mm -hmm. he needs – even some of his shots, I wrote it down, feel like secondary shots. They feel like thoughts that he catches it, He's not sure he wants to shoot. Then he looks. Then he thinks about. It, then he shoots. Oh, I just yeah. <laughs> to get in the rhythm of just catching it and shooting it. And I know he's young, and that's going to come. And when that comes, watch out. 
like it's it's going to be good, but he's not there yet. Yeah, unfortunately. If, if we're lucky, it will be the end of the season. If it's yeah. if we're not, hopefully next year he's going to look like a completely different player, and he will. Mark mark my words, he's too good of a player not to. Yeah, like his, uh, his upside is better than Crowell. Dark Ray says his shot form is so smooth. Um, zesty matchup says Winter just seems young. Time is what he needs more than anything. It's all true. Both mm-hmm. of those points are, are completely accurate. Uh, here's the another one that drove me nuts, Justin. And I know, again, he's a little banged up, but St- Stephen Crowell, man, if you're wide open, you got to shoot the ball. Mm-hmm. There's still way too much where it, it – he's, well, he's not a jump shooter anyways. Just, like, just shoot it's not the like, ball. We can't really argue his lift. I mean, he, he doesn't have a lot of lift. He, he killed me, man, because <laughs> – He's a sub shooter. So there's so many players who shoot like 24% from three and they jack like 11 a game. He shoots like 65% this year. And you're like, will you please, sir, shoot another? Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's like, no, no, I'm good. Uh, drives me nuts. Um, so those were some of the notes I had. Uh, the other one I wrote in here is I like I like Connor continuing to work into this mix. Like it wasn't mm-hmm. a great Connor game, but he had eight minutes. It feels like there's a concerted effort to get him continuing in this shot mix. Ran a couple sets for him. Play, he plays hard. He it looks like he's playing hard right now. Yeah. Yeah. Blackwell struggled a little tonight. This is the first time that I saw the other team's athleticism seem to affect him. And it seemed like he struggled that because he couldn't just blow by people. Mm-hmm. And a couple of times you, you can see that he just doesn't have great lift. Um, that one where he got blocked. He I don't like I can't see him making that shot either way because he just really had no lift. Yeah. That wasn't so, going. Ahead. Connor being able to provide something in a game where Blackwell is not necessarily a net positive is nice to see. Well, let's let's take a quick break here for friends of the show. But I wanted to bring up after the break something you mentioned about Connor before the show, which I thought was a really good point. Um, and then what, I do want to ping you at the end of this show, Justin. Who are your top three favorite portal guys that have come into the football program this year? Okay, I'm just curious. Who are your favorites? Not necessarily the best or whatever it is in the comments. That, well, who are who are your favorite portal guys that have come onto the team this year? Um, but first, a quick break for our friends of the show over at uh, FanDuel. FanDuel is the number one spot for all of our sports betting needs. Futures, parlays, teasers, everything is there for all sorts of sports, many of which I don't even understand, but that doesn't mean I don't put money on it. That, you know, like you got to you gotta roll the dice sometimes. Um, FanDuel is there for it. Plus, new customers get $5 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $150, or $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. Win or lose, that's $150 bucks for you to put whatever we want on. Baseball, basketball, college hoops, NFL playoffs, whatever it is, that's what FanDuel is there for you to do. Um, it's the easiest way to do it. Fast, quick, simple payouts, and the user interface is incredible. So go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make your bets today. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel is the official sports betting partner of the NFL, and we all know where the NFL playoffs are going through. They are going through San Francisco. So, yeah, it's, it is a, it's a great time for me. Um, Jordan Love going to dice you up. That, that could be a – man, that could be a fun matchup. I don't know if I want Their that one. young wide receivers are so fun to watch. I don't know if I want that matchup as a Niner fan, to be honest. Um, I do like the, that we have the bye. All right, so let me go back to what I said before the show. You, you mentioned one of the things you really like about Connor is no matter what, he he stresses a defense because mm-hmm. teams are terrified of him shooting. And they still are. Even though he hasn't shot well, you can still see that. Well, and we saw tonight when we were watching, they were cutting off our, our actions, playing really aggressively on them. And Connor is a guy who's just kind of creative in his movements on the court. Like he's he's under he understands what everybody else is doing from an action standpoint and just knows kind of 
gravitates towards the open space on the floor. And I feel like that's where he kind of does, because he does it so subtly. But he had a wide, like we talked about, he had the wide open look. He missed it. But it was one of those situations. They called a timeout right after it. And I'm like, this is what Connor does really well that the other guys on the, on the court just don't understand how to do. Like yeah. they, he understands how to get to a spot where the defense just is not paying enough attention to him. And it's a wide open look. And we were really struggling at that point to find open looks as a team. And I thought that that was something positive that he added, that if you start to cause problems in that regard, it opens things up for other guys because suddenly people start rushing him trying to make up for things. He can pass out of it or whatever, and suddenly somebody else gets a layup or yeah. you, you get a guy on a nice cut. Yeah, he, he just creates – he creates spacing still. Like mm-hmm. there was a play in the second half. He got the ball. He was probably three feet behind the three-point line. And, um, God, it wasn't battle on him. I forget who – but they're all over him. Like you can mm-hmm. tell it's still – no matter what we think and no matter how – I think it was Gail. And it, the scouting report is still ringing through defensive heads in the Big Ten. They they are all over him. And when you're all over somebody like that, it just creates more space on the floor for everybody mm-hmm. else. So I think he needs to keep getting minutes. He's definitely a good part of it. Spencer Kim says he seemed to play passable defense today. Um, we'll have to go back and look. Except for when he got crushed by that screen. Yeah, he was he – was, <laughs> now, I'm not putting that screen on him. Like that was that was a well-done a well done screen by that – was it Zed Key, I think? Or no, it was uh, – uh, was who was the other big for uh, Ohio uh, State? I have the box for over here. I, I can't remember, remember his name. Uh, Gabe says, I can't be the only one who thought we were going to lose tonight. You aren't because I did. So. No. Uh, when we got about through the first half and I said this, we were actually playing solidly on offense, and it seemed like everything that Ohio State threw up went in. And I'm like, if they're gonna just hit everything, then we're gonna be, we're not gonna be able to pull away enough to be able to hold them off, because mm-hmm. the crowd's gonna carry them, and we're gonna cool off. Like I thought we were playing solidly, but we weren't. Like you can't rely on good shooting on the road, because that's like a, you know, if you're really lucky, you'll have a game where you're well above average on the road. It doesn't happen very often. This was a game that I thought Ohio State was going to just have one of those nights where they just shot us off the floor. The, they, the home rims they, were going to treat them. Yeah, they went cold too, though. Yeah. Uh, Evan mentions last year's team seven-minute draw would have been the kiss of death. This team figures out a way. Getting to the line was huge. Tyler Wall makes free throws now. That mm-hmm. that by in, in a That's a big part of it. It's a huge part of this because he's a guy that – the problem with Tyler Wall last year is he's too valuable to take off the floor but he's, he's too much of a target for other teams to foul. It, it well, became and he's little... shooting like 10 points, per, 10 percentage points higher this year than he was last. And that's just on the on field goals. Well, he's he's close to 70% on the free throw line. Like, yeah. I, he's at the point now where I feel good with him at the line. Mm-hmm. And that's such a big part of our end-of-game plan because now you can – because that was really the big weakness in his game. How do you feel about them letting him hold the ball, though? I don't like that still. Like if we're if we're talking less than a minute, and you're up four or five, I I still don't want Wall being the guy holding onto the ball, especially when Store is the one that passes it to him. It's mm-hmm. like I think Wall. Who do I smart. want? The guy who's mid eighties or I I trust Wall to make decisions though more. I right? do. He's a better I, ball handler probably too than Store. Yeah, I I I don't hate it. I understand your point for sure. Um, I just trust him to make decisions, and now that he's confident in the line. I mean, I want him or Hepburn with the ball at the end of a game. Yeah, um, I suppose. I'm okay with it, uh, but I do get your point on that. Or Klesmet, who's shooting close to ninety percent. Yeah, uh, or get 
or I mean, Blackwell who never misses if he's out there, but he wasn't out there. Um, coming on clean says 18 points for Klesman all in the second half. We do need to talk about the second half explosion for Klesman. The second time this year he's done that. If you remember the Marquette game where he went, he went atomic in the second half. We're talking about Connor finding open space. Klesman did a really good job of it. Now he was doing it within the offense. That was where he was supposed to be. But we made the correct passes down the stretch. And he was wide open for, for nice, clean looks. There's a couple of times where I sat there and I thought we were going to force the post. And it was really nice to see them avoid that and just kick it out to, to Klesman instead. I'm like, thank God. I'm like, we haven't been hitting these, but for the love of God, give it to the open man. Yeah. I, the one thing with Klesman, man, I wish he would be more aggressive. I, yeah. I wish he'd be more consistently aggressive. because he He's be really good at drawing fouls when he attacks the rim, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think he – like, he he's – also, I mean, it, it's worth it's it's worth pointing out that he typically has the the most difficult perimeter defensive assignment. Mm-hmm. So he's expending a lot of energy chasing around. Mm-hmm. Like he was on Thornton a lot in this game. Not all of it. I mean, Chucky did as well, but he is typically guarding their best perimeter offensive mm-hmm. player. So a lot of energy goes into that, and it might not be fair for me to ask him to be more aggressive offensively. But I don't think there's points in the first half where we're struggling to shoot, and your starting two guard has no points. Like at, at times, you want a little bit more there. Yeah, I mean, you look at it in this game, by the way, Thornton had 11 points in the first half, two in the second. Mm. Battle had 15 in the first half, I believe, something like that, three in the second half. Yeah. So we did a great job of locking those guys up, and that honestly was the difference. They really had nobody other than Gale and Akpara who scored anything. Like everyone else was five points or less. So we did a pretty good job of tightening up on the the guys who were really hurting us. And I don't think they have anybody else that you can really look at as a consistent scorer. Uh, Zesty says, Kles says that psycho gene you love to see. Like he's definitely a competitive dude, man. Yeah. When he gets into a game that's like intense and competitive, he ratchets up a, a couple notches. You saw it in the Marquette game where there's, where it feels like there's stakes. When we get on the road, he seems like a guy that locks in because mm-hmm. there's that that negative tension coming from the other the fan base. So I, I was really impressed with how how he ended up playing because the other some of the other guys wilted a little bit early. Like we they had to come back into the game. It's kind of like Top Gun. They, they, <laughs> they needed to talk to Goose and get back locked in, yeah, reengage. Uh, Daniel Cole says Kamari needs more minutes. I. I was surprised he only played three minutes. I thought he could have played more this game. I know, Justin, you you thought they were hunting him a little bit. I I think he's done enough recently that you let him play it out on the string a little bit more. I think that in this, this is a game where I think he struggles with the athleticism a little bit. I think he would have – it would have been like having two Gilmores out there, and I think that would have been a problem. Offensively, that would be a problem if you had two of those. I, I will say this too uh, – that was a game Hepburn was in firm control of. So yeah. that's not – like, he played great. That to be fair, I was really impressed with Thornton's ability to control things too. Oh, they're he very was similar. under control a lot. They're very similar. Justin, mm-hmm. let me throw this comment up here. This is from uh, – first of all, MJ Bucky echoed that. Chucky played within himself, takes care of the ball, plays decent D, can score. Daniel Cole, uh, surely the Arizona game was a fluke. If Purdue beat them, Nebraska beat Purdue, we beat Nebraska. Do you – Forget about that second part of that one. And I don't mean to say forget about that because it's not a good point, Daniel. But just the first part of that. Do you think the Arizona game was a fluke? I don't think it was a fluke. I think we caught Arizona's A-plus game. And I think we played 
like a C, C plus in that game, we got overwhelmed. That's the game where, much like with the stretch in this game where we struggled with the athleticism of Ohio State when they started just kind of throwing guys at us and being really physical, that's what happened in the Arizona game, except it stayed for the entire game because they had the depth to continue to throw bodies at us. And we struggled. They had better front court too, which is the difference. They were able to, to basically beat us up in the post and throw long athletic defenders at us on the perimeter who were playing physical. And they could shoot like more, they could shoot poorer against us in a game. And I think that it could have, it would have been a much closer game and we may have been able to play had we shot better. But we clearly struggled once they started getting hot in that game. We felt like you could tell our guys lost confidence. They, they felt like they were overmatched in that game. And quite frankly, it showed. They were overmatched in that game. When when Arizona plays that level, now if the game, this is where I said, if we were going to win that game, we had to grind them. That would We had to go old school Wisconsin because we're not going to out-athlete them. You don't want to run with a team like that. And we tried to run with them early because we'd been so good offensively. We felt like we were like, hey, you want to play offense? We can play offense. The problem is, is that you can't, like, you're not going to get the athletic easy shots that Arizona was getting in that game. There's only one or two guys on our entire roster that are capable of getting them. Blackwell and Storr. Everybody else is going to have to work so much harder to try and get that stuff. Arizona doesn't have to work that hard. Yeah, that I don't think that was a fluke. I, I think parts of it were I, – I think Arizona is a really bad matchup for us. They are. They, just, them and I, Purdue might be the two worst matchups we have, and Purdue is simply because yeah. of Edie. That doesn't that doesn't mean that Arizona is a bad matchup for everybody. Somebody else could take out Arizona, and maybe if we make a run, they yeah. don't even know. But I just think that team and how they play that's not flukish. Yeah. And there's teams that will we would stomp too, and it's just a bad matchup for them. I just think Arizona is a bad matchup for us. Well, look at it this way: the two teams that we the most two most athletic teams we played this season were Providence and Arizona, and they handled us. And the third probably most athletic team was Tennessee. We mm-hmm. this team struggles with athleticism. Now, they may get better as the season goes on, but they've got some things they've got to clean up in order to figure out the ways where they can take an advantage in a game like that. All right, let's take a quick break. I want to come back and talk about your three favorite players in the portal. Let's talk a little football, too, because that's always fun. We're coming off this really exciting part of the portal. I also want to talk about um, that there, there's a comment in here. Let me get it. I started uh, talking a little bit about was it Wisconsin versus the refs. I know Justin didn't love the rest of this game. I really didn't have a huge problem with it. I didn't it. think they were terrible. There was just a couple of little things that I didn't love. Like that, that that was an illegal screen. I think you and I both know it was. And I'm like, how do you call that on him? That like, was he got one the other way. That was chipped over his own feet. I thought overall the refs were fine though. And I looking in the chat, most people disagree with me. But that's fine. All right, we're gonna talk that coming up next and some portal uh football stuff. But first a quick break for our friends of the show um over at game time. Game time is your number one source to get all your tickets. If you're trying to find tickets for somebody, like a special somebody in your life, you know, like a podcaster, a special podcaster who's always there for you. If you're looking for tickets for that person, game time is where I would go to get that person tickets to a 49ers playoff game or a Phoenix Suns playoff game. That's where I would go for them because game time gives you the best ticket options on the market, pictures of the seats. uh, So you know what they look like before you get there. Plus flash deals, instant prices, GameTime has the largest selection of tickets at the cheapest prices and the easiest logistical way to buy them. It's the trifecta of ticket perfection. 
delivered on an electronic platter for you to consume. That's what game time is. And yes, I just made that entire thing up right now. And I don't know if it's good or bad. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use code locked on college for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply. Again, create an account, redeem code locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. All right, let's get Justin back in here. Um, I want to start with who are your three favorite portal players? This is really tough. There's a lot of guys that I like out of this group. We, we, I love our linebacker recruiting in this, in the portal. Um, Tackett's probably number one. Okay. And you and I, you and I have argued back and forth on him a little bit. I, I know some of the shine came off a little bit for you. No, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. really quick. None of the shine has come off. I just felt like we had too many linebackers. Okay. Yeah. I have no, well, you, we had talked about maybe not have him having great uh, lateral quickness. I don't think he's a dollar, but I, I love Tackett. I love Tackett. I think it, it, I think it depends how you use the dollar. If your goal is to be like you're gonna play like a box safety and you're just gonna attack downhill and see ball hit ball, then I think he's fine in that role. If you're expecting him to play a lot of coverage and roam in coverage, yeah, I don't love him in that scenario as much. But I think he sees the field better when he plays a little deeper because that's what he's comfortable with. Um, that's what I was picturing with him in terms of the dollar. Um, but in terms of his raw ability to just explode and make plays, I think he's a playmaker, and I think he's a guy who's really going to add a lot to this team. Uh, I really like Jaheim Thomas as an inside guy. It's Listen, 6'4", 240, inside linebacker, it's hard to hate that. That's a guy that if you have a bad defensive line, he makes up for that a little bit because physically he can handle it. And that's something that we may need this year a little bit. Um, man, it's hard. I, I want to go like, I could even dive further. I really like Henry. I like Magone. Uh, the athleticism that we added in the, in the transfer portal is really impressive. I got the list of them all down there, by the way. Yeah. And I, I actually am high on Van Dyke to a, a point. Like, I think that we're going to get I, more I, out of three, Justin. Who's I know. Third? Well, I, okay. Here's, here's my, I'm going to get my quick quarterback summation real quick. It, it's not one of my three. But I think it's really hard for us not to get more of the quarterback position than we did this year, statistically speaking. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there's a lot of opportunity for us to get, to be better there. Um, I would probably say as a weapon, I like what McGone brings. I think there's a chance for him to be out there and play. He's got his feet wet in a college program, learning kind of the intricacies of playing tight end at the college level from a program that was really good with tight ends. Like you Kelly is a really good guy to go under for your freshman year and to learn how to play tight end in that type of offense. So he's probably a guy that's going to be, I would say he's probably going to be more advanced than Ashcraft coming in because he was, he was with a school that's really, really wants to showcase the tight end position. Um, But athletically, I love his ability as a receiver. I think he has some, some great ability to flex out for us. And cause some mismatch problems as a six four six five guy who can run and and just be a big target. Um, this is the yeah. longest answer to well, who are your three favorite? Yeah, I gave you my three. <laughs> two two linebackers, two linebackers, and McGowan. I love it. I love it. No, it's all I love it. Um, They're all kind of clustered, man. It's a problem. 
I love it. We had a couple of comments in here from people. Uh, this one has his three favorite as, oh man, my bad. I lost the air. This Tyler Schreiber has Jaheim, uh, Van Dyke, and Walker, the running back. Jordan Runch has Tackett, Thomas, and Tyler Van Dyke. This is going to basically be my list. That's where I'm at with Jordan. Um, hmm. I, I love Tackett. I was just starting to get a little squeamish with all the linebackers and no defensive linemen, but I love Tackett. Uh, I think Jaheim Thomas with what he did in the SEC and his familiarity with Fickle and his staff from Cincinnati, that that just feels like a, a that feels like a perfect fit. You are finding a guy with experience in the system, yeah. production yeah. at the highest level. Experience in this scheme. Like, like he yeah. knows Dressel. That's perfect to me. And then I'm always going to default to the quarterback. I think Van Dyke has upside as a guy who pushed the ball downfield. He's not perfect, but he's a quarterback. And a quarterback, if he hits, if he hits at 80% of what he could do, that changes the dynamic of the team. So many guys get into a fresh place and look better mm-hmm. that I think that there's opportunity for him. Like the expectations here are going to be different. Like we want to see a step up from what we saw from Mordecai this year, statistically. And I think people will be happy. He's coming from a place where they're like, oh, this guy's going to play like a first-round draft pick. I don't expect him to play like a first-round draft pick. I want him to be a solid quarterback for us. Yeah. If he can give us 20 and 10, I'd be ecstatic. 20, 20 and 10 is, should be the, t- the type of thing we're looking for. And the only problem with Van Dyke is he doesn't necessarily fit the profile of, like, a solid court. He feels a little bit more bust to me. Like, yeah, he probably, but I think there's so many easy throws in this offense. If you have things set up, right. Hopefully like there's should be easy reads for him where he's not going to have to force things, but see, we'll see how the wide receiver holds up room holds up. I, he loves the attack downfield. That's been my point with Van Dyke though, is that's not the type of throws he's taken in, in his scouting report. His scouting report is he, he doesn't take those easy throws that develop. Well, like, we'll see if the wide receivers get as open in the reg- in this next season as they were in the bowl game. If they can do that, he'll have targets. True. Um, let's get the rest of your guys' list here. Uh, Brian Dodson says Tackett, Van Dyke, and Store. Store does not count on this list, Brian. <laughs> Wrong sport, bro. Uh, Mike Witt says Van Dyke. He was that in the portal. This is true. Actually, yeah, actually, yeah, I probably wasn't very specific. Zach Bart says Thomas, Tackett, and McGowan. Um, yeah. So good list. Uh, you know, there's a lot of talent there. John Berger likes Delancey, Tackett, and LaCrue. <laughs> I put the comment up before I even read it. Of course, LaCrue's in there. Unbelievable. He transferred back in. <laughs> uh, I think one for Badger says, who are we plucking from Bama? So for those who maybe haven't heard or just heard a little bit of it, Nick Saban is retiring. What that means in the big picture is that entire roster has 30 days to transfer, essentially, if they want to, because their head coach left. That is probably the most outside of it's them or Georgia as the most talented rosters, just from a recruiting ranking standpoint in college football. That is going to be a feeding frenzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going to be wild. So out of curiosity, um, you have a guy like Lake Hick Josh says he thinks that they're borderline. They probably have their guy already. Mm-hmm. Who do you think it is? Like there, I said, there's a power vacuum that's happening with this that – Nobody can truly fill because you're going to be taking a guy who's already really good somewhere else and putting him into a spot where he's going to be like a a poor man's version of Saban. And you're taking him away from a team that was really good. So there's going to be a power vacuum that somebody's got to fill mm-hmm. going forward. It'll well, be really interesting to see how that plays out. Maybe it's like Ole Miss. I don't, I don't know. Like there's – Maybe it's Wisconsin. Maybe it's one of the other Big Ten teams that jumps into it and finds a place. But I think 
it's crazy to think that the recruiting is going to stay the same as it was at Alabama, regardless of who fills that spot. They're not going to recruit like Nick Saban. Like, I just don't think unless you have the cachet and could say, I won three or four national titles, that you can sell yourself in the same way. Then again, who, what am I, who am I to say that with Ryan Day continuously being top five, despite the fact Ohio State's yeah. not really, you know, playing I, title games even? I think that they will – I don't. it'll be really interesting to see. I, I think they'll sell the program, and the program will say we've won titles at the program, and that yeah. helps us recruit. Um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Definitely something to track. What do you think? Out of curiosity. I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I think it's possible. So here's what I said. We were talking about this a little bit earlier. This isn't going to be a huge surprise to Bama. Like, they've known for a while that mm-hmm. in a year or two years, three years, Saban's gone. So they have a list. Like this. Oh, yeah, this for sure. Not, this is not like Wisconsin getting blindsided by Bielema. So this is not going to catch them unprepared. That doesn't mean they'll make it the, the right move. But they've been thinking about this for a while. Because there's been the rumors and the smoke on this has been there for a few years. So they're going to be positioned to make a big hire because there's not many jobs better in college football. And Tyler Schreiber saying Stark. I'm assuming you mean Sarkeesian. I'd be shocked if Sarkeesian. That's one of the few guys that I look at and say he's going, he's downgrading going to Bama. Like the resources and what you have available to you at Texas is better than what you have at Alabama. Sure. Bama was made by, here's what, here's how I view it Bama was made by Saban. Texas is a coach maker. Like you can go, that is a program that is a blue blood top of the line program, no matter what, because of the fact that it's got all the people in the world that want it to be like a top team. And you have all the resources in the world to go with, and they're going to be there, whether you're a garbage coach or whether you're, you know, whatever, you're going to get everything you need to be successful. Alabama, I'm not sure that it's necessarily there as much. Like, there's going to be people that are probably going to step back and be like, "Can we? Is uh, this guy? Can this guy do it?" I think Bama has everything they need to. I, I don't think that'll change. Like, Bam, Bama is that that place. I just don't think it's a sudden stone that you put anybody in plug and play and can be good. But then you can't at Texas really either. So, yeah, I, I'm not sure. I mean, we have some comments in here. Paul Christa, Bama. Um, I would love that. <laughs> Watch that program bottom out. Well, Kirby Smart, Emma. That would be a power play. Um, Jimbo, Jimbo the Shine is off of Jimbo. Um, Bielma, Bielma to Bama. Let's go. And Kirby Bama. Smart, by the way, probably is going to have a statue outside of uh, in Athens yeah. after that. So I, I, I don't see him going anywhere. Harbaugh, um, <laughs> Gerald. <laughs> no, it's going to be fun. Um, one of them in here said Justin to Bama. Let's get you on that that coach for eleven million dollars a year. I will, I will go there, prove I'm inept, and get fired and and take my buyout. That's what all take the coaches, my buyout. You get the buyout and you go off onto the beach yeah. for years. Then I go put it put it into the bank and just uh, have my investment guy take care of it so I can live live on the golf course or whatever going forward. I love it. All right, we're gonna wrap it up there. Uh, the big news, obviously, Wisconsin continues rolling and they look good. They. We didn't really talk about it, but Purdue lost to Nebraska. Wisconsin has a chance here to win the Big Ten title. Oh, yeah. Like, they really the the downside is we got to play Purdue twice. Yeah, I know. And that's a tough matchup. We've talked about it. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to wrap it there on Wisconsin, and we'll talk to you guys later.